This is episode 13. And that's all the information I need. (laughs) (laughs) So I might as well, I might as well begin. Hello and welcome to Holy Half Hour. It's me. It's your old pal, Kieran. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, well, I'm if it isn't my old with... pal, Kieran. <laughs> well, if it isn't me. Uh, it's me, Kieran. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Holy Half Hour. Michael, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. I'm glad to be joining you today in this podcast, which is neither holy nor half an hour long, but is That's a right. fun something or other about Bible and that. Exactly. I've been trying to think of ways to sort of slide in our little catchphrase more naturally, so I'm very happy for you to do it instead of me. I think we that nailed was it. good. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, we have a fantastic show, if I do say so myself. We've got some games coming up. We've got another interesting discussion on the cards. So, shall we get into it? Let's do that. Michael and Kieran. Okay, Kieran. Um, I'm afraid that I'm I'm really getting into the is this a real thing or not thing uh, form of games at the moment. Um, it's cool but, with me, you know. You know, it's it's simple. It works. It's a true or false kind of thing. And I don't know if you know this, but there's quite a few Bibles out there, Kieran. Are you aware of that? <laughs> sure. One or two Bibles. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I could probably I could probably only name half a dozen translations, but I'm aware that there are many, many more. So. I, re- I remember when you and I were in church youth group together, um, some people got uh, the prize giving the street Bible. Do you remember the oh. street Bible, Kieran? <laughs> of course, uh, sure, I remember the street Bible, Michael. Word. Ah, uh, word. Um, I looked at, cause, so what I wanted to do was find, like, types of Bibles like the street Bible, and... Um, and read out parts of it to, and also like rewrite some of it to see if you could tell if it was mm. real or not. But just to give you some yeah. some idea um, of the street Bible, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's have a look. Uh, it's been a long time since I heard a reading from the street Bible. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. So just to give you an idea of the street Bible, ladies and gentlemen, it was written in 2003. Um, and this is Genesis 1 verse 1 from the street bible first off nothing no light no time no substance no matter second off god starts it all off and whap stuff everywhere this is the street bible (laughs) nice it's high impact (laughs) high octane scripture that's all the kids on the street are saying these days whap Mm. um whap yes so wireless application <laughs> protocol <laughs> exactly so basically i came up i didn't come up with i found some unusual bibles not just translations like nlt niv nrsv but actual like mm-hmm. you know a bit different bibles and some of them are real and okay. some of them are not real and your job is to uh you know choose between the two <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be good how does that sound Excellent. I'm ready. Well, here's number one. The Evidence Bible. 
Newly revised and expanded, the Evidence Bible arms you, not just with apologetic information to refute the arguments of skeptics, but with practical training on how to effectively and lovingly share the truth. Nice. I love that there's a little description too. That's a nice touch. There's one of those for every Um, Bible, Kieran. Yeah, yeah. I... This is super plausible that it could exist. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that Ken Ham has an evidence Bible. Yeah, yeah. Ken Ham's that answers in Genesis guy, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, if you're not familiar, the 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 sort of the school of thought of like you know archaeological evidence mm. confirms what's in the Bible and vice versa. Those guys. Yeah. Um. So I I absolutely think that the evidence Bible is real. Well, Kieran, you are absolutely right. Woohoo! Ah, well nice. done. Yes, the Evidence Bible, a Bible for apologists. Looks quite good. Mm, mm. So, oh, I should actually just mention now in between these, uh, question one and question two, that I haven't read any of these Bibles. So I do not endorse nor condone any of the information within these Bibles. I do not know if they are accurate and true translations. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Good save. Thanks. The heresy translation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, are you ready for number two? Go for it. Number two is the Origami Bible. <laughs> for ages eight plus, this Bible has over two hundred illustrations with detailed instructions for the reader to create beautiful origami objects and animals, which will help to illustrate the text and bring the scripture alive in a new way. Well, again, it sounds so plausible in in the, today's world that this would exist. Um, so, if you made this up, Michael, hats off to you. I doth my cap because I'm I'm very convinced. I'm going to say it's real. Nice, nice. Oh, Kieran, you're doing well to compliment me and my great ideas because this is <laughs> made up by me. <laughs> well, Michael, get on it. You're a creative guy. Uh, you live in London. You therefore, presumably, <laughs> therefore, have lots of connections. So get an origami Bible published. Yeah, I would think it'd be quite fun, actually, if you were like, you know, yeah. doing Jonah and yeah. a whale, and you make a little origami whale. I think it'd be quite exactly, fun. exactly. Yeah, and obviously it's a for great idea for children and also people who enjoy origami. Well, there sure. you go. You heard it here first, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Therefore, it's a copyrighted idea. So <laughs> step, <laughs> step off. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Okay, you're one and one And this is number three, you ready? Mm -hmm. The unofficial Bible for Minecrafters Since 2009, Minecraft has taken the gaming world by storm Now hugely popular children, those familiar with the phenomenon Will love this new world and the adventures of God's people Yeah, I think, I I feel unfortunately this does exist (laughs) Uh it's it kind of it makes sense it makes sense to tie in a a bible with the you like the most popular i imagine most popular unless it's there's there must be a fortnite bible too but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i certainly believe you only uh, read it once every two weeks a, wait yeah. <laughs> nice. I'll, nice. I'll i'll get i'll i'll, I'll go <laughs> <laughs> it's good man it's good is the is the minecraft bible a perfect square um it's a cube yeah it's a cube cube bible <laughs> it's a cube <laughs> so what are you going for are you going for real yeah cube is what i meant you're right uh it would have to be it couldn't be two-dimensional if i had multiple pages i think i think it's real man I All think right. it's real. All right. Well, you are correct in your uh, oh. guess that it's real. Yes, well done. 
says Garrett nice. Romine, Romines and Christopher Miko, skilled in using games and toys to create fun learning environments and products for children, have recreated Bible mm-hmm. stories with the famous virtual blocks to produce vibrant and complex 3D worlds. Nice. So there you go. It is a good idea. It's a good idea. Good. Well, let's see if you like the idea of number four, which is the Bible alarm. This novelty Bible present may just bless that person in your life that struggles to get into reading the Bible. Simply set the alarm for any time of day. The alarm will sound until the Bible is opened and will only stop sounding for the day after that Bible has remained open for 10 minutes. (laughs) It's quite um, draconian in a way. (laughs) I I think the the fact that it doesn't stop until you open the Bible and have it open for 10 minutes... I think otherwise you just cl- open it and close it right away and then ignore it some more. Yeah, yeah. Can it tell whether or not you're turning the pages? Because <laughs> you could just leave it open all day. And then it'll be like, congratulations, you are a great Bible reader. I imagine it sort of like links to an app. And it's like, yeah. Bible reading today, 13 hours. hours. Yeah. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> I imagine that the... Well, if it was real, and if it is real, I imagine that the person who uh, who created it would be thinking, if you're going to set an alarm on a Bible and then open it and leave it open for 10 minutes just so it switches off, then you're really, there's no helping you at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, what well, do you think? The Bible I, alarm. Yeah, I th- I think it's made up. I think this is a clever uh, invention of the mind of... Michael, uh, Mr. Michael. So well, I'm I'm going to say that you made this up, my friend. All right. Well, you are in fact correct, of course. Although I still <laughs> think a it's a pretty good idea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a hilarious idea. I think it's yeah. it's very entertaining. So it's, it's I think a it, I would love present. I would love it to exist. Yeah, exactly. I would love it to exist in the, for that kind of novelty factor. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am I envisage your list of things to do. <laughs> I envisage the Bible with a kind of LED just a small LED screen in the front cover, you know, that you can just program like a simple alarm. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So yeah. you're doing well. You've already won, in fact, because you've got three out of four correct. Um, but here's number five. Can you make it all the way to four out of five? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Woman, thou art loosed Bible. Combines timeless scripture with the popular teaching of renowned pastor T.G. Jakes. In this holy Bible, T.G. Jakes offers encouragement and addresses emotional and spiritual issues from a Bible perspective. Hmm. That sounds so legit. If you made this up, Michael, that's like high, high level, high level stuff. Next level stuff. Um... Because I am thoroughly convinced that that's a real thing. And T.D. Jakes, I'll admit, I don't know much about T.D. Jakes, but he sounds legit. <laughs> and I mean, people with multiple initials, I mean, always legit. Mm. J.I. Packer, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe anything he says. J.R.R. Like Tolkien, <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's real. Okay. okay. Yeah. You think the woman yeah. thou art loosed Bible is correct and real? Yeah, and I think the 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 woman thou art loosed bit that sort of like reassuringly, 
it's reassuringly kind of dated in mm. its in its language in a way that makes me think this would definitely be for like a Christian publication. No, no well, dis, no disrespect to anyone involved. I'm sure it's not. a great, it's a great study Bible. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I I think it's real. Well, you are correct, Kieran. Well done. It's a new King James version filled with extras to empower women of faith. Oh, okay, it's the KGV. Well, that explains it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought I thought I might get you with it being so plausibly real that you might think he made that up. Mm. Yeah, mm. But no. yeah, you got yeah. me. There was a few others I I I I was close to putting in that quiz, but you did well, Kieran. Four out of five ain't bad at all. <laughs> Well, Michael, here's my game this week. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what to call it, but it's another kind of bizarre compilation of strange noises. <laughs> you know how much I love to make those. So I've <laughs> sent you, I've, <laughs> I've emailed you, I think four, four audio recordings. Yep. What you're about to hear, Michael, is famous scenes from the bible mm. but all with non-verbal noises made by me almost entirely uh, not all of the sound effects are me there's one or two that you'd probably be able to tell i didn't make <laughs> you'll see you'll, you'll, you'll know which ones i mean when we get to them but uh i want you to just listen to these soundscapes mm. these these uh audio i don't know uh, pictures mm-hmm. that I've painted mostly with my mouth and <laughs> I would just like you to tell me what the bible story is I know that's slightly yeah it's not great uh, a bit of an unfortunate phrasing but I, I just want you to listen to this and tell me what uh, what bible story this is and if you know the particular scene uh, that it's describing then then great uh, so when you're when you're ready feel free to have a listen to the first one All right. and see what you think so there are four of these All right, headphones are on, and I am going to play number one. Oh. Mm -hmm. Ah. (laughs) That's number one. It's a short one. Uh, My wife is not going to be pleased with you because she hates fake spitting noises. She's gonna, she's gonna get uh, you here next time she's on. Well, to, that's uh, that's the only one I promise <laughs> for for this week. It was good. I mean, well, excellent sound work for for a start, and um, I mean, it has to be surely Jesus healing the blind man by spitting hey! in the mud um, and creating mud. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Good work. Good work. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Well, nice. they get they get weirder, Michael. So I'd expect nothing hold on less. To your, <laughs> Hold on to your headphones, because it's going to get uh, even even more bizarre. So go for the next one when you're ready. Okay, here it comes. Wow. Wow. Okay. What do you 
what do you suppose <laughs> that scene is? <laughs> so you have wind. You have yeah. a horse or some hooven animal. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have people talking. And then you have someone falling, potentially. Um, that could be quite a few things. <laughs> so there's quite a bit of wind in the Bible. There's quite a bit of horse and donkey riding in the Bible. There's quite a lot of talking mm. in the Bible. Yeah, the, the, the wind is not of huge consequence, except it's to sort of paint the picture that somebody is high up. I will say, I, I think this one is like quite... Well, this is hard, this one. And it's <laughs> it's like a very particular moment of a well, a fairly, fairly famous uh character and story in the Book of Kings, I believe. Uh okay. this particular scene I think is in Second Kings. I don't don't think I know, Karen. I don't think I can even even hazard a good guess of this one. Fair play. Well, I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure many <laughs> listeners are absolutely baffled. But the scene is supposed to be uh, Jezebel being uh, thrown from her tower. Not the not-so-nice Queen Jezebel meeting a sticky end. Well, I mean... That's what it's supposed to be. That was a poor showing on my part. Apologies. Um, now that you say <laughs> well, that, look I can what, tell... Well, look what you had to work with. I can tell how excellent the soundscape was, and I should definitely have, uh, <laughs> definitely have gotten that one. Well, I'd love to know if anyone listening on the podcast got it. People are literally you screaming did. at their podcast devices right now, like, Michael, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, man. I feel like that one is particularly particularly out there. I don't know. There's not uh, that many people falling from great heights in the Bible, actually, is there? So I probably should have gotten that one. But mm, there's always suppose, next time. I suppose. Yeah. Well, you've got two more chances to uh, to knock it out of the park. So when you're ready, let's go for number three. Okay, here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening there? <laughs> do you do you think? Oh man, someone talking, lots of people laughing at them, talking some more, laughing some more, things getting destroyed. I'm do I'm I'm feeling not confident about this one. I'm going to go okay, for man. Samson destroying the temple, pulling down the temple. That's what I'm going to go for. Okay. okay. Or, or the palace. Rather. Well, uh, I, I think that's a fair guess. You've certainly got somebody apparently being mocked by people. Mm-hmm. So that definitely fits. And I could tell how, I could see how you would hear explosions. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably down to bad, bad sound design on my part. So what I was going for uh-huh. was Noah. Noah trying to convince people that there's a flood coming. And they're uh, laughing at him. So, so not exactly, maybe not exactly something that's directly in the Bible. So maybe mm. that's a little bit, yeah, sorry, that's maybe not entirely fair. <laughs> uh, it's your reinterpretation of the uh, story. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
But that's the idea. He goes in the ark and then it starts raining. That's what that's meant to be. Right. Uh, so where were the sounds of construction? Yeah. I'm just curious. Uh, Sounds of construction. <laughs> I thought he might build the ark, you know. I'm just oh yeah, yeah. Well, there, no, that know? would be yeah, that would be <laughs> that would have been. I was trying to get the him walking up the plank and then <laughs> slamming the big door of the boat. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. I'm only sl- uh, I'm only slagging off because I'm bare that I didn't get it right. <laughs> well, I I think the the thing uh, where I've obviously gone wrong is I think if I'd made it clearer that it was raining. It, you would probably have got it. Absolutely, that's the bit where I was hoping that it would it would hit home. But uh, but obviously, I need to I need to work on my rain sounds. It's not easy, not easy um, to rain sounds. I don't think. Mm, mm, yeah, no, it's tricky. It's tricky. Well, we've got one more, Michael. <laughs> well, I feel like this one is a bit more straightforward. <laughs> oh, I hope so. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Headphones on, and number four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say straightforward. Perhaps that's uh, overly ambitious. <laughs> Listen again oh, if you want. Oh my goodness! Um, okay, one more time. <laughs> How about you describe what you think is happening? <laughs> that would be fun. So I would enjoy that. It sounds like there's a lion. Um, yeah. And, you know, someone laughing at the lion. <laughs> so your mind goes to the, the lion's den with Daniel. But then okay. bees and someone bees. eating. So it makes sense they're eating honey. I'll, I will tell you that you're right that it's not in Daniel. Mm-hmm. So, David kills a lion. Well, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember the story of David killing a lion, but he, he says that he, he mentions did. that he, he mentions has. that he has. Yeah, yeah. He's been mentioned already. You've mentioned him, Samson. But this is his. Mm. Oh, it's Samson. It's, gosh, I need to re read the story of Samson. Obviously, um, and yeah, okay, well. What if I what if I say to you, out out of the eater comes something to eat. Ah, uh, what is it? Out of the strong comes something sweet, something Mm. like that. I don't even remember it exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I'm going for the answer that you just led me to by helping me a huge (laughs) amount. Um, Yeah, your wife will be furious. Absolutely, she will. She'd be like, you should have crushed him. <laughs> that, that helped you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just, I like to, I like to set you up for a win, my friend. Thanks. I like well. to help you succeed. We've, we've arrived at Samson and it is the story of Samson killing the lion. And then I uh, don't, I don't remember the de- details exactly myself, I'll be honest, but he comes back later, I think. And there's a beehive in the carcass of the lion That's right. and he helps himself to the honey because he's, uh, Apparently, he's the kind of guy who will just reach into a beehive and eat the honey. Tough guy, tough guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that was very fun and quite difficult, actually. Surprisingly difficult. I thought after the first one, I was like, I've got this. No problemo. <laughs> <laughs> Pride comes before the fall. Uh, yeah. Well, well, no, you, it was an admirable, admirable job you did, my friend, <laughs> give, considering what you had to work with. <laughs> Well, folks, we thought we would talk a little bit about reconciliation 
today. This is kind of a conversation Michael and I have been having, and we've just sort of paused it, and we're thinking, how do we, you know, bring this into the podcast? So we just kind of th- wanted to throw this out today. Um, how do, how do we right wrongs of the past if we've if we've hurt someone? I don't know about you listening to this. I certainly have uh, a probably ever growing list of people who I've hurt or offended in the past and and wish I hadn't. Um, and can I, should I go back in all of those cases and try and right those wrongs? Is there a biblical mandate for me to do that? What are the, what are kind of the ins and ins and outs of this? And I know, Michael, this is something that you've given more thought to than, than I have. So, yeah. So, I mean, I have given it a lot of thought but I haven't necessarily arrived at any particularly good conclusions, which is why it would be good to chat it through. Um, listeners, I think it's fair to say that I am not and have never been the most emotionally intelligent person. Or I'm quite emotionally intelligent now, I suppose, in my mid-30s, but in my teens and 20s, I was absolutely hopeless. Um, I have hurt many people through either naivety or just selfishness or not thinking um you know i've done reckless things stupid things hurtful things and i'm also the kind of person who um is in this head quite a lot so i find myself especially when i think back on you know previous seasons in my life thinking wow i didn't realize at the time just how thoughtless or how callous or how you just selfish I was in this relationship with that person, be it friendship, romantic relationship. Um, and yeah, I just find that there's this real tension for me between knowing that when I sin, which I have a lot of sin in my past, I can be forgiven from God and I need to lay that down and not take mm. it back up again. I need to not continually be like oh but god can you forgive me again for the sin that i committed that you've already forgiven me for but actually there's a certain uh responsibility that i have to try to mitigate some of the earthly consequences of the bad things that i've done but at the same time knowing that it's not really appropriate necessarily for me to just call up send a letter send an email, send a Facebook message to someone who I've not spoken to for 12 years, 14 years, 10 years, however long, they, and and just impose myself in their life again. Like, remember this horrible thing? Remember that I was horrible to you? Can I, can I please be admonished for my horribleness? Like, I could really do with some forgiveness from you for me being horrible to you um, and uh, being completely inconsiderate. Like, even that itself is a very selfish thing. Um, so yeah, how yeah. do we just, you know, let it be and, uh, and pray for that person that they are not carrying, um, any hurt from the things we've done or should we in some way try to apologize? Um, I, I, mm. I, I, I once bumped into somebody with whom I started to have a romantic relationship with, um, many years after the fact, quite incidentally bumped into them. And I took that opportunity to apologize to them and to kind of have it out with them a little bit, just for, you know, half an hour and just really say, I was selfish 
and stupid and in a really not good place. And I'm sorry. Um, and there's no excuse for the way I acted. And they did appreciate that. That was good. Mm. Um, but to do it, to, to like, I just don't know. Yeah. So that's my question. Should I impose myself? Mm. My, my instinct is no. But at the same time, am I, am I doing something, you know, do I have a responsibility to be actually trying to reconcile my, uh, those relationships and to apologize for the bad things that I've done? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question, man. And I, and I think, uh, yeah, I think to some extent, I want to say that there is a certain amount of, well, uh, you know, emotional intelligence involved in there will be times like the scenario you've described where you do perhaps bump into someone from your past mm. and you just perhaps intuitively know this is a moment where I can try and you know set the record straight or mm. or perhaps apologize in a way that I I didn't at the time or that kind of thing um and I think those can be really uh powerful moments of of honesty um and yeah so so I, I'm you know it's encouraging to hear that you have that example mm. of how that can go very well but I also take your point that there are many people who we interact with in this life and then we're maybe not in touch with them so much anymore. We're still Facebook friends or something like mm. that. So we kind of have this sort of strange window into their life, but um, but otherwise we don't really have any contact with them. I, just, I certainly think there's an argument to say that in some cases it would do more harm than good mm. to like contact someone out of the blue <laughs> that you no longer have any interaction with. And as you said, say, hey, remember when I was a total jerk? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to bring all that up again now yeah. and then apologize. Yeah, let me open uh, this wound in your life again, please. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think as you said, that's there's something there about who is that for? Mm -hmm. Is that for the person? Am I really kind of freeing them from something by being like, oh, I just, I need to apologize to you for this thing I did 10 years ago? Or is that more about me and my need for kind of validation and my need to, I don't know, have a, a clear conscience or feel that I've been given permission to stop worrying about this thing? Yeah. Um, so I, th I think that's probably w one of the ways I come to this that probably differs from you a bit, Michael, is that I'm uh, quite a people pleaser mm. at my worst. I can be quite bad for for doing that. And so kind of my internal world involves, uh, well, there's usually uh, somewhere bubbling in a, away in the background. There's something about, did I offend that person when I said that thing? You know, uh, and sometimes that's warranted. Yeah. Uh, and other times it's not. It's just me being uh worrying about something that's that's not an issue and it's about my own uh neuroticism i guess and not really about actually needing to mend a bridge with somebody yeah yeah for sure and so i find in my in my life i have to try and be quite discerning about and i've gotten gotten better at this over the years be quite discerning about what things i do need to go back and bring up with people um because there are definitely times where it's right to move on yeah and to trust that the other person is capable of doing that too. Yeah, definitely. That's wise, I think. And, you know, we can be praying for that person if we think about those things. And and like you say, if, if, the, if the situation arises in which you feel it's appropriate, I think the uh, maybe mm. the biblical mandate would be Matthew 5, 23 to 26, 
says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So obviously there's slightly interpersonal stuff there, and then there's legal stuff as well. But I think mm, mm. reading it through again, whilst obviously reconciliation is important, there's kind of an implied do it quickly and also do it in person, isn't there? Um so I suppose, you know, 10 years after the fact through Facebook Messenger or some such thing is uh, probably not what the Bible was aiming at in in writing the scripture, <laughs> I imagine. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, d- depending on the on the kind of offense caused, um, there may be there may be scenarios where 10 years later it is appropriate to say, uh, well, and you, you gave an example of something, you know, where you had a conversation quite a long time after the fact, I, I yeah. assume. Uh, but that was actually really valuable and a really healing thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hear you hear stories of, of people who have been victims of abuse and people who have been through very challenging and difficult situations, you know, being receiving letters from people or receiving, uh, you know, some kind of apology, whether it's in person, and that that can still be a very cathartic and very important thing to go through. So it's not that I'm saying, mm. oh, well, you know, just let it all sit as it is, you know. But I think it's what you said, isn't it? It's about knowing what's appropriate depending on the thing that happened, you know, looking for the appropriate situation. I think there are some things which people go through which it would probably, like the statute of limitations on when an apology is appropriate probably never runs out. Like it's probably always appropriate <laughs> to apologize <laughs> if you've gone through certain certain challenging experiences in your life. Um, <laughs> but in other instances, it might well be that actually, what in your mind is a major infringement on somebody, they maybe didn't even particularly notice, or didn't particularly, or they've just gone over it. So, I don't know, man. It's a difficult yeah. difficult one for me. Yeah, no, it's it's tricky. It's tricky, and I, and I think I'm you know I'm comforted by the thought that the Lord will one day right all wrongs, mm. that He'll wipe every tear away, that even if we don't manage to resolve issues like this to everyone's satisfaction in this life, uh, there will come a time where uh, these things will be accounted for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and God is a God of justice, and you know I I think of those people who perhaps. You know, there there is no opportunity for them to reconcile when they've wronged somebody because the wrong is perhaps so severe mm. that you know if we're talking about serious crime or that kind of thing yeah. that they can no longer contact uh, the people that they've wronged, uh, or maybe they're so estranged from family that there's no way to reach out to them or 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 that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it gi- it gives me hope uh, that there will be a day when when God sets things right. Definitely gives me hope. And I think I need to continue to pray just to, I need to pray for those that I think I've wronged. And I think I also need to pray that 
I think I need to pray just thanks that I am a different person and I'm by no means perfect mm. and I still mm. hurt people and I still say stupid things and do stupid things. But um, mm. I am very much a changed and uh, God has developed me to be more like Christ. I still need much more development. But I look back on the person that I was who did insensitive things and, and dealt with things in an emotionally uh, naive and uh, immature way. And I just, I, I despair, honestly. Um, and I think mm, I also need mm. to pray for kind of freedom from that um, because, mm. you know, God sees me as I am now and continues to carry me forward to be more like him. And I think I need to try to have some form of freedom from, uh, from replaying those things in my mind. Hmm. I th I think uh, I think it's a good point, and I I think uh, I appreciate what you're saying about how you can look back and see the ways that you've changed and the ways that you've matured, and God has developed that sensitivity in you. Uh, and in in a way, that's quite a gift. Although we're talking about things that are you know difficult to think about from our past, mm -hmm. things that maybe moments that maybe make us cringe, and we think, why oh why did I ever say that to that person? Yeah. But the fact that we can look back and say that and say, well, here's how far I've come from there to here mm. that I now think differently, that I'm now more sensitive to whatever issue it might be. Yeah. That is a is a gift in a way uh, and in a way is something to, to be thankful for. Um, I, I think the, the big lesson for me in this as we talk about this is that uh, perhaps for me, it's not hesitating if I know that I've hurt someone or I know there's an opportunity to build a bridge to not hang back, which yeah. would probably be my tendency, and then let that fester for a few months or years. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but rather extend that hand, have that honest conversation in the moment when it's right to have it. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and trust uh, both my instincts and the leading of the spirit in that. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, resolve things quickly wherever possible. Uh, mm. Mm. <laughs> it's good. I appreciate yeah. your thoughts, man. Um, and I guess I'll be praying for those things and also praying potentially for opportunities to reconcile um, anyone with anyone yeah. with that uh, I've hurt in the past. Um, because, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe sooner or later the opportunity will arise. Yeah, likewise, man. I'll be considering that too. It's food for thought. Uh, for a, if there are ways that the Lord perhaps wants me to revisit certain things or to or to let them be because the the moment's gone Amen Well folks we're nearly out of time for today there is time to say that you can contact us and we would love for you to contact us the email address is hello at holy half hour that's hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. And on that note, Michael, you have an email. I do have an email. I've got a very good email from our good friend, Jack, um, who is a regular contributor to the show. Thank you, Jack. Jack says this. Hey, guys, really appreciated your Raven advice a couple of months ago. I thought you might be able to help me with moths, too. There are loads <laughs> of them in my flat, and I'm not sure where they're coming from. At first, I applied your Raven advice, and I loved my moths. I held them gently in my hands and whispered kindly to them as I led them to freedom outside my flat. But to be honest, I'm getting sick of them, and I'm beginning to wonder if I should pour out my hot wrath. Please advise, top fan Jack. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very, so, very interesting question. Moth advice. Moth advice. Well, it's nice, Jack, that you are showing love to the moths. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moths, most of the time, moths only receive attention from wizards who want to escape from towers. So it's nice for them to... That's a little Lord of the Rings. It's a nice little, it's a little Lord of the Rings reference there, folks. But uh, it's nice for them to have some attention from the larger populace. So well done. Uh, I I just think that you need to really just let us know what kind of moths they are. Because mm, since mm. moving to London town, I have had way, way more experiences with carpet moths and clothes moths than I ever thought uh, was real. Um, basically, every place right. I've lived in has had moths. Um, and they've either eaten the entire carpet or eaten through all my lovely thermal woolen clothing. And uh, they're mm. just the worst things ever. Um, so if it's a clothes moth... There are these kind of little, they're very small, like fawny, light brown colored moths. And they start off as little maggoty worms inside your carpet and they eat them all. And then they, it's just the worst. If there are those, it's time to pour out the hot wrath. I'm sorry, all God's creatures, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. But they're just the worst. So uh, Mm. that's my advice. I don't think that's uh, so much of a problem in Scotland. I've never really yeah. encountered. I've never had a serious moth issue in my in my time in Scotland. Yeah, I don't know if it's too cold for them or what, but yeah, mm. certainly down down here it seems to be a really common thing. Mm. Mm. Well, that's fair enough, Michael. That's uh, you know wise advice if you've had experience with that kind of moth. <laughs> if we're talking about the bigger ones, yeah. I guess my advice would be shut the window. Yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, but the Jack, I'm sure you already know that. <laughs> but uh, as 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 most people will know, uh, moths are attracted to light, mm. and so they fly into your house during the night. I'm going all Scottish. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one option is to shut that. But then it's the summer; it's warm. You know, mm. uh, if you mm. live in a city as Jack does, uh, and you, as you do, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's hot and you probably want your windows open. So yeah. I don't know what the option is then. Just uh, keep, you just keep loving those moths, I think, you know. Yeah. You just have to... Infrared goggles instead of <laughs> yeah. lights in your house? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the night is darkest before the dawn. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's it's when it, it's when it, it's when it becomes most hard to love your moths that you need to love them the most, you know? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I think you just need to double down. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's good advice. Sometimes it's it's uh, it's hard and it takes persistence to really care for your moths. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I, I'm sure, a comedian, I think, I can't remember who, asking, if moths loves the, love the light so much, why aren't they all, like, flying towards the sun? Mm. Uh, and I don't know the answer to that question. But if you know... Please get in touch. (laughs) Well, that is all we've got time for this week, folks. Uh, We just want to say thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you folks and our audience, uh, especially if you've made it all the way to episode 13. Or if you're new 
uh, and this is your first one. Great to have you with us. Um, as as ever, we'd love it if you would share this show with someone who you think might like it. It's a great way to grow the podcast and bring more people into the holy half hour family so if you know someone who would enjoy it please do pass it on and we'd also love for you to review us on apple podcasts if you are if you use that platform or whatever however you get your podcasts if there's a way for you to leave us a few stars or a a few nice words then uh then we appreciate that um but that's all i have to say so thanks everybody and thank you michael Thanks, Kieran. Always a pleasure. And yeah, thanks uh, all of you are wonderful people out there for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.